Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, today I'm joined by Rob Watson, Head of Digital Marketing at Suppliant. Hello, Rob. Hello, Andy. Rob, do I detect a very faint Midlands accent there? Uh, you may do, absolutely. <laughs> You're based in Coventry, aren't you? Well, no, I grew up in Coventry. You grew up in Coventry? We're in Northampton, moved here a couple of years ago. Okay. Yes. Yes, I, I do have a very, very sensitive Brummy detector, and I do detect a very, very soft uh, Brummy accent there. You've got a Brummy radar. Mate. I've got a Brum, a Brumdar, yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's going off left, right, and centre. Um, wanted to talk today about how we get our products through Google, the mechanism, and uh, four weird Google shopping tactics that make you money. But before we do that, tell us just a little bit about uh, you, Rob, and about Suppliant. Okay, so we're an agency. E-commerce is our speciality. Um, we work with uh, non-e-commerce clients, but um, that's, that's where we spend most of our time. And for that reason, Google and shopping is, is a big part of that. We have our own platform that we uh, manage in-house. We've got a development team in-house, a production team in-house, and I look after the digital marketing team. Now, before we go into the, um, the, the, actually, it's probably more than four weird method tactics, isn't it? It's probably four plus, probably several. Um, but let's yeah. just set the scene because I actually hadn't thought about this for a long time. But just tell us the chain of events that happens if you've got a website that sells products. Tell us the chain of events that happens that gets it into Google and sort of gets it out into AdWords and all those things. Okay, so starting from your website, what you have is you have a you have a database. Your products are managed to appear on that website through that database, and from that database, you can also produce a feed. Yeah, that feed is a XML feed, and well, predominantly an XML feed. That feed you then deliver to Google through the. Google Merchant Center. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a solution. That's a service they've been providing for plus of six years. It's been around for a while, hasn't it? It's yeah. been around for a while. Yeah. Exactly. And that up to about two and a half years ago was a free service yeah. that Google offered. Um, your products would appear based on organic algorithms. So Google being a a business with shareholders 
made a change to incorporate that into their AdWords platform. So that is what we've been working with for the last two plus years. From AdWords, then it gets delivered onto the Google search engines. So it's basically this link to AdWords, which is like the newer bit. Yeah, it is. I mean, there was a lot of dissent, I guess you'd say. So Mm. when this all happened, uh, understandably, people are used to getting something for free and and then they have to pay for it. But I think from from my perspective, um, I'm delighted with what they've done because they've taken a product with shopping and they've uh, scaled it up very nicely. There's a lot more ads showing it's a lot more shopping ads showing and and, and generally for the, the the majority vast majority of our clients they perform exceptionally well mm. um best conversion rates best cost of sale metrics best cpas so yeah i don't i don't lament the loss of it being free because um this is significantly better Okay, so a lot of our listeners are businesses. Some of them are one-man bands. Some of them are small businesses. A few of them are the bigger businesses. Let's go through these tactics then, Rob. Okay, so what we're really talking about is changes that you can make to the feed. When we talked about the steps that you go through, two of those five steps was, uh, well, there's the AdWords platform and then there's the the feed that is delivered from your website. Yeah. Um, all, all these points here that I'm sort of that I'm really focusing on are, are to do with the feed. The dynamic remarketing also uses that feed. So I'll kind of explain at the end what yeah, how that might influence things. But the reason why the feed is so important for for shopping is that as advertisers using AdWords, we've been very accustomed to uh, using keywords. Um, bidding on keywords and ha- having quite a lot of control how our ads displayed, what they showed for. As, as anybody that's had a go at setting a shopping campaign up will realize pretty quickly is that, that it doesn't exist. There is no keywords. Yep. Um, essentially, they've all been replaced by your feed. So the bottom line is the feed is extremely important to, to, to run a profitable uh, shopping campaign. Okay, so I'm guessing that the titles you use, descriptions and things like that are important. Yeah, so the first point I wanted to make is, um, I, well, okay, before we go into this, I guess the, the, the point that kind of covers all of this is your ability to work with that feed. For, for many platforms, that, that feed will be based on the information you have on your products yeah. within the website and how you present those products to people browsing the site. What you've got then is you've kind of got like a, a default, slightly um, almost like a poor version of those products for search yes. uh, on Google's platform. Yes. Um, so your ability to, 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 to do very well with shopping tends to rely on your ability to um, work with a developer. We have developers in-house, but we also work with clients that use uh, platforms like Magento that have uh, extensions and things like that. So, yeah, g- generally you can, work, you can work your way around it. But the first point uh, refers to the title. You, you just alluded to this, the actual title of your products. Mm. That's, that has a massive, massive impact on the searches, the terms that your products will appear alongside. It's 
uh, not that different to AdWords in regards to uh, how it deems if you bid on a certain keyword, whether your ad will show for that keyword. Um, it's looking for relevance. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's exactly the same on shopping. Uh, so what you've got to be aware of is that if you've got a title of a product or your, all your products have been titled for a user experience on your, for people browsing your website as they should be, yeah. when you deliver those to Google, then you might not get a very good result. You might not find your product showing for what you'd like them to. So what we're doing a lot now is we are setting up the ability to create an additional title. So within our e-commerce uh, CMSs, we've got a, a title for the products on the website. And we've got a title for Google Shopping. I'm with you. Yeah. One good example of a client that we've worked with recently that's a, um, they're a leading Irish chocolate brand, their website was the name of their brand. So there was no reason to mention the name of their brand in every single one of their products. Sure. Yeah. So when you go to Google and you look for their chocolate, you find that the other retailers, um, namely Debenhams and Waitrose, were, were, were getting a lot of impressions because they had labeled them that way. So we got this change put in place. We front loaded all of their titles with their brand name and, um, and started selling through shopping that way. That makes a huge difference, doesn't it? So moving on. Okay, so this is one of the things, uh, this is perhaps a little bit more um, manipulative, I guess. Yeah. Um, so going back to the issue with regards to keywords, um, what, what's quite common um, for pretty much any product that, that's being sold is that um, people refer to certain things in different ways. So uh, a certain product might have a, a common slang uh, version or a slang way of describing it. And normally what you would do with your, with your um, products, the titles for them, you'll, you'll go for uh, a keyword to, that would describe it. And what you might have to do is you, you might find yourself almost sacrificing or neglecting those other um, slang ways of uh, referring to it. I mean, if I give you an example, this might make a bit more sense. Um, so we're, we used to, um, our, our background as a, as a business, we used to actually be a retailer. We used to sell um, alloy wheels online. Yeah. And um, a common slang word for, for alloy wheels would be rims. Yeah. So what you would do is you would have half a dozen alloys that you want to advertise and they're all alloys, um, however many spokes, whatever color. Um, if you wanted to then start to refer to them as being rims, you either have to write a slightly uh, wordy title mm. um, or, or something that looks a little bit not very optimized. What we started to do is, and it goes back to the whole relevance thing, how relevant the balance between keyword relevance and bids and um, uh, AdWords quality score, the, the less relevant your product, the more you have to pay. Mm. So if you can duplicate that product, if, you can, if you've got this listing for this five-spoke red alloy and you wanted to duplicate that to be a five-spoke red rim, mm. then that would improve your relevance for the people looking for rims, and it would lower your bids, and you'll get more impressions. So what we've actually started to do is, is to develop a way where we can take that product, 
within the CMS and actually have it produce multiple items on our feed. Yeah. The way that the feed works is that everything has to have a unique ID number. Yeah. So what we'd start to do was um, if it has a standard ID, say 578, then what we would do is 578-1, 578-2. So we can add these additional keywords and produce additional listings. Um, I mean, it's not that dissimilar to a fairly common eBay ploy where you kind of duplicate your listing so you can dominate those search results. The difference here is that we're trying to actually appear for other terms as well. So it's one of those things that if you're a retailer and you only have, say, uh, well, a relatively small number of products, say, manageable, like 100, maybe 200 products, um, you can actually produce additional results within uh, Google Shopping by, uh, by this kind of duplication. The other point here as well is that you might have a product that is your, well, it's the 80-20 rule if you think about it in terms of how products that people buy. If you've got uh, 100 products, then you really want to be showing those 20 that, that most people are interested in. So instead of, say, changing the title for your second best product to be going after the RIMS keyword, you get your best product and you duplicate it so it goes for both. Yes. It's pretty sneaky, but it works. I like it. <laughs> so these are all, all ways of kind of like um, altering that feed, aren't they? So that you get the best results from Google. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you get the best results, but I think the point here is that you're offering the best user experience. I mean, Google's very much about the user experience for, for Google users. So I, I talk about it being sneaky and manipulative, but really in the, in the grand scheme of things, if it's, if you're doing these things and you're getting a better conversion rate and you're making more profit, then that's because you're offering users a better experience. So mm. everybody wins, right? Yeah, it's a win-win situation. So let's carry on down the list then. What else have we got? Okay, so that last example was possibly ideally for people who've got a small number of products. So the other end of the scale, if, you, if, if your product inventory is in hundreds of thousands, um, a client that we use this tactic with is uh, a clothing store and they're feed is uh, 130,000. Um, again, same principle with wanting to show your best-selling products. Yeah. What we do for him, Google allows us to insert extra bits of information in our feed. So there's standard things that it wants to know, title, description, price, yeah. that, that kind of thing. So it, it, it allows us to add these things called custom, custom labels, custom IDs. And what we did, working with him and his developers, Within that customer ID, they identified their 20% of bestseller products, just put the label bestseller. Yep. It's updates overnight, so it's always fresh. And that data is in the feed. So then when we go to the AdWords side and we're setting up our bids, yep. what we do is we can create, uh, and the way we've done it, we've actually created a separate campaign for this. We've crept a, a bestseller campaign. When you set these things up, you're allowed to do things called subdividing. And and what we do is we subdivide and we identify all the products that are granted this bestseller label Mm -hmm. and we just throw more money at them. So what we're doing there is making sure that when people search for a general term of the products that he sells, there's a it's weighted towards showing a bestseller than you know one of the other 80%. That's worked well too. 
Now, Rob, you've got some ideas about landing pages as well, haven't you? Yeah, indeed. So this is um, this will either resonate with people or it won't. It's 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 either going to work for you or it isn't going to work for you. But- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Default your shopping products land the customer on the product page yeah now in retailers where if they're selling clothing and uh jewelry then that's the right experience for the customer but there will be certain products where you depending on how you've organized your website that it might be you might be more applicable to drop that person drop that customer onto a category page mm. Um, now that there is an option you can do that there is a attribute in your feed called adwords redirect yep so we take advantage of that as well on a number of clients where we actually took them take them straight to the uh straight to the category page and 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 that works well but it's uh, you'll know whether it's the right experience or not um i mean if if you want to have a look at someone that does this very well in fact go take a look at uh, ebay yep. some of their shopping results they do kind of like a it's really interesting hybrid uh, landing page where you get the majority of the above the fold experience would replicate or look very similar to their product page, but straight away after that, it's it's into almost like a category search result experience, and and it's you have to click from that page to get to the product page. So it's one of those things I'm surprised actually not more people do, but it's an option available. The thing to be careful of is not getting caught out by Google's landing page policy. Yes. Generally, if you're creating a good experience, so the product that people have clicked on, the one that you've just advertised, if it's right down the bottom of the page, then you're not going to have much success with it. But if it's above the fold and uh, the other products on that page feel like they're variations of what you've just advertised, then it should work pretty well for you. Well, I'm just trying to understand the psychology, Rob. Why might going onto a category page be a better option than going straight to the product page? Well, 
It depends. It very much depends on how your website is organized. If your website product pages are designed to present product options like sizes or take the TV as an example, if you've got um, that product page and, and, and it's a, a range of TVs and you've got the option to choose the 21 inch or the 24 inch or the mm. 40, whatever inch, then then yeah, drop them on the product page. But if you've got that product there, if the landing page is presenting that product well with other options, and arguably that's a good way to upsell as well. So you know, you could say if I've presented my um, lower price option for that TV, I've dropped them on this page, but yeah. they notice then that for an extra thirty pound, they can get a three-inch larger telly. Yes. So that's the kind of scenario, and it's one of those things that I think if you listen to that, you're thinking that no, this just doesn't work. Then. It, don't do it. <laughs> sure. But you might have find yourself in a situation where you're almost thinking, I don't want them to go to the product page. I'd rather than go to this category because there's all these other options. Then the AdWords redirect attribute can be used for that purpose. And I suppose you're going to know best because presumably you've been tracking the metrics of your own website. You're going to know how your buyers normally behave, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, now tell us about um, high impression SKUs. Um, a SKU, of course, is that special code that represents a product, doesn't it? But yeah. no one seems to know what the acronym stands for. It's uh, Google, they, they call them MPNs or model part yeah. numbers. Um, yeah, lots of different acronyms. It's marketing, lots of different <laughs> acronyms. Um, this is an idea that I, I'm not going to be able to take credit for, for this one. I've got, I've got to give a call out to David Grant and Jay for cooking this one up. Um, after a bit of time, when this has been running, you'll notice that certain products are going are gonna to show. They, they, they just Google favors certain products for whatever reason. They start mm. to get a good click-through rate, so they develop a little bit of history, so that they get more impressions. When you're looking in AdWords, you look at your product ID reports, you'll see the ones that have a lot of impressions. And you'll also notice whether they're getting good conversions or not. If you're identifying a product that is a high impression product and it's not converting very well what you can do and, and say for example it's not one of your 20 percent bestsellers what you can do because of the way that the google merchant center identifies products around the product id mm. if you have the ability within your cms you can essentially hijack that id you can um, take that ID and you can replace it with another product. You can replace it with a, a, a bestseller product. Okay. Now, it's a weird one because when we tested it, we tested it quite a lot, and, and our success rate is generally around the kind of 30%, 40%. Some of them just, as soon as you do this, they just fall off a cliff. Yes. Um, some of them do quite well, though. And I think if you're identified a product where if you think, well, if it falls off a cliff, um, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it because I don't want this product to show. Mm. So what you can do is you can exclude products from AdWords in much the same way that on other campaigns, you can do things called negative keywords. You can exclude products. What I'm suggesting here is that instead of excluding it, you might want to see if you could actually um, leverage it and um, hijack it for a product that you would rather show in its place. So there's a few things you've got to be careful of if you're selling a pair of really 
grotty, horrible trainers, you're, you're probably going to struggle if you want to then replace it with a um, an iPod or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's you got you got to look for matches. But if you've got something that's in a similar category and you can, um, it didn't feel totally inappropriate. Then uh, that, that's something that has worked very well. So is this literally? Take, say you had a really let me think. You had a high-selling product, you know, like an iPod or something, because they had a SKU one, two, three, and you had a really rubbishy pair of trainers, and their SKU was five, six, seven. Does it literally mean swapping the five, six, seven for the one, two, three? Is that where we're going here? Yeah, basically, because it's an ID. That's the 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 ID is pivotal to how Google recognizes what the product is. Yes. But yeah, you know. You you wouldn't get away with doing that. No, no, no. You do it more subtly, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> if you've got a, a really rubbish pair of trainers, and then you have a moderately okayish pair of trainers yeah. that sell incredibly well, though you have no idea why, then that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing you can do. I believe that there is an added bonus to this, isn't there? If the hijacking product is at least is it twenty percent cheaper? Yeah. Okay. So this is something that they've started to show. Oh, probably it, it kicked in um, just a little bit before Christmas, uh, uh, but it's still there now. Google shows the percentage that a product has dropped in price by. Yeah. So if, say, for example, your horrible trainers are, I don't know, what's a good price for horrible trainers, Andy? 80 quid. 80 quid. <laughs> Horrible trainers, horrible price. And your uh, moderately decent trainers are, are, are kicking in at... Um, 55 quid. 55 I think, I think that's at least 20% cheaper. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was doing the maths in my head and yeah. hesitate, but thank you for that. Um, yeah, what Google will do, it sees that as a price drop. Right. Because on that ID, that price has just dropped by 20%, so it will show it as a, as a little message. Okay, so we've covered a few things there, Rob. Can these be used in combination with each other? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's kind of where things get really interesting. None of these are mutually exclusive. Um, you pull them all together and you, get some, uh, you can get some pretty interesting results. Example being if you've got a product uh, or you're going after a very head generic term, uh, you, you optimize your very best seller mm. for that term and you drop them on a category page where they're presented with a variety of products that perhaps are not exactly the one that they clicked on, but relate to what they searched for in the first place. And yeah, you you can combine these and and get some pretty interesting results. There was a caveat, wasn't there? Just probably worth mentioning at this point. It's always a caveat. Dynamic remarketing is a great product that, that, that Google offer for retailers as well. That also uses your feed. (laughs) So the information, the things that you're changing in your feed to um, have success in shopping will have a knock-on effect on your dynamic remarketing campaigns. For me, personally, um, I take a hit on that. I think the benefit that you get from shopping, um, it's just uh, there's a hell of a lot more traffic, transactions, revenue to be gained through shopping than there is through dynamic remarketing. So if our dynamic dynamic remarketing campaigns suffer, then um, I I think it's going to be negligible um, and it's in the grand scheme of things, um, 
you, you, you just take a hit on it. And just for our listeners that aren't familiar with this concept of dynamic marketing, Rob, what would be a quick definition? Um, it is somebody's been to your website. They've been looking at um, uh, horrible grotty trainers for the last five minutes. Yeah. And then for some reason they decide they don't want to buy your horrible grotty trainers. Uh, they then go having a look around. Um, they, they check Hotmail or they look at the um, a few media websites and you're, you present them with uh, banner ads. I'm with you. So that's, so that's standard remarketing. The difference with dynamic is that those banner ads, the content of those banner ads is driven by the products they were just looking at. Yes, yes. It's feed-based. It, it shows the picture. It shows the price. Yeah, so if they were really taken by your rather horrible trainers and they click on that ad and then they get directed to your not-so-horrible trainers, then, yeah, that might be a little bit jarring. That's the caveat. Yeah. So a lot of our people who listen are sort of small businesses, uh, medium businesses. Can you give us a few top tips on how to manage your your feed to the Google Merchant Center? It depends on what platform you're using. Ideal scenario is that you're, um, you're using a, a platform where there is a... So if you have no in-house development team, mm. Um, you're using a platform where there is a um, plugin available, an extension available. I, I think if you've found a platform that you're, if you don't now have a plugin available for shopping, you probably want to get a different platform. There's got to be. There's got to be. So get that plugin. The benefit with that, you're using a plugin solution, is that it should, at the very least, be updating every 24 hours. Yeah. So when you have a product go out of stock, you have a sale and you reduce your prices, that information gets updated to, to Google um, the following day. So from a management point of view, that's, that's, that's a pretty good situation. Um, it feeds into your AdWords and you set, a, set, set your bids up, whether you've then got a structure in place where you're bidding more for um, certain products than the others is, is ideal as well. That's your basis. Get those set up and, uh, and with conversion tracking in place, get a feel for how it's working for you and, and, and go from there. Thank you very much, Rob. That's really good information. How can people find out a little bit more about uh, Rob Watson and Suppliant? So for Rob Watson, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Rob P. Watson. It's my uh, Twitter ID um, as far as Suppliant goes. What we do, uh, so we're based in Northampton. We run seminars um, on internet marketing for local businesses. Um, we enjoy talking about internet marketing, and we that's an open invitation to any business nearby. Just get onto um, Suppliance website, get in touch with us. We'll let you know where there's some dates. We normally have them at least a handful every month. Um, and outside of that, we also run the Northampton Geek Night, which if you get yourself on meetup.com, you live within a drive from Northampton. We run those geek nights every couple of months, and it's just a bunch of people who get together in a pub and talk geekness <laughs> well don't blame me if you suddenly get a load of uh, people from across the pond coming now then yeah you can travel <laughs> there, there's, there's lovely hotels in northampton just to clarify the spelling of suppliant.com rob how does it go yeah that's s-u-p-p 
L-Y-A-N-T. Fantastic. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, you'll find the show notes at sitevisibility.com forward slash IM podcast. Uh, we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes, so please feel free to comment and leave ratings and things. And we have two sort of incoming hotlines. We have the email podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk and we have a telephone hotline if you want to leave a comment or a message or a question. It's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh. So that's all from me, Andy White. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Rob. Ta-ra. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 